Hey everyone, Ben here just interrupting the beginning of your weekly Third Watch recap to bring you some exciting news if you didn't already see it throughout our social media channels. This week we will be interviewing one of the co-creators of Third Watch, Mr. Ed Alan Bonero. It's very exciting. It's going to be a great interview and we wanted to give you this opportunity to send in your listener questions so that you can ask the man that co-created the show that you love a question. You can head to our social media pages either on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, comment to any of those posts with a question or simply email us at theoznetwork at hotmail.com to send us in your questions and that interview will be airing very, very soon. Stay tuned to our social media pages for more details on that. Right now, though, sit back, relax, and listen to our Third Watch Season 5, Episode 20 in Plain View recap here on the Oz Network. You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on with our ongoing exclusive coverage of the third watch. We are in to the third last episode of the fifth season, the 20th episode, to be precise. This one is called In Plain View. First aired on the 23rd of April, 2004. It's written by Angela Amato Velez and directed by Tim Matheson. And plenty to talk about, as we always do in these episodes. My name is Ben, and who pissed in your oatmeal? <laughs> Nobody that I know of. What's up, everybody? My name is Darvell, and I'm just saying... Shit. Hold on. You're just I'm saying, just oh, saying... Wow, okay. <laughs> well, oh no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <sighs> Fuck. Okay. I'm just saying I'm not ready for anything more than just a couple pieces of bread. Okay. There we go. There you go. You got there eventually. Um, any? Yeah, I did. Any um, <laughs> you know, professional podcast would have edited that out. But uh, again, am I a professional podcast? We are a professional podcast? No. So um, nope. we like to we like to show our mistakes, don't we? I think. Yep, that we do. Yep. Well, you know, there you go. Uh, yeah, this episode is, um, you know, it's an episode it's of Third okay. Watch. Yeah, it's okay. I think we're really now into this territory of um, just some really, I don't know what to say. We're really into that season six vibe. Um, and I think kind of, as I mentioned before, these last few episodes definitely wane away from you know a fairly av- a solid quality of episodes we've had for the most part of this season so um yeah i don't know like it's it's not the worst it's not the best either uh so yeah uh i don't know if you really have anything else to say but yeah no nothing really well other than it is good in whatever whatever bleakness we may find in this episode it's good to see oh we won't really see it very as much until we get to episode 21 but it's really good to see henry winkler and kate jackson this time around because they they really shine through yeah in these next couple look i think i mentioned i'm not the biggest fan of this storyline but yeah again like you're absolutely right like you know we get kate jackson for the first time this episode as well so uh yeah she's not too bad but uh we'll Get into this straight away with a great song to start us off with. This is uh, NYC Weather Report by Pfeiffer Fighting, one of my favourite songs to come from this show. Um, we open up with a montage, but yeah, I just I, I love this song and the kind of they close it out in the episode as well. So I uh, just wanted to put a little bit of a props out there to the music choice here. 
Um, this montage, we just sort of have Bosco in bed. We've got Sully buying a paper. There's Monroe, Monroe exercising. Davis getting coffee. Yoko's in bed. Um, yep. So that's kind of her routine of being in bed. She's about to get a bit horny with Fred, but uh, he's going to leave in a second as well. Uh, sort of intercutting this, we have a bit of uh, Sully going into a diner, uh, dealing with a guy, doing a crossword puzzle. I do kind of like, you know, what's the state bird of Louisiana? Pelican. Oh, once you hear that's a state bird of Louisiana, you never forget. Yeah, where did you hear it from? I forgot. <laughs> did you know that the uh, state bird of Louisiana was a pelican? Actually, no, I did not. I didn't realize, like, I mean, I think in Australia we have state birds, but uh, what's the uh, the state bird of, uh, what, you're in Missouri, aren't you? What's the state bird of Missouri or Kansas, wherever? You're about that area. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Missouri. I thought, um, I thought I was right the first time. <laughs> oh, man. I've never looked that up. Wow. Come on. You've know you got to know this, you know don't I'll you? Look it, I'll, look it up, I'll look it up right now. Hold Go on, on then. I'm, ex- I'm excited gonna, for this. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you go ahead and say what you're going to say, and I'll go ahead and look up the state bird of Missouri real quick. State bird. I know. I'm, I'm like really intrigued here. Uh, or am I putting too much pressure on you by like waiting for you to do this? <laughs> it's all right. I'll keep going on. We'll uh, save some time here as we do it. Um, as a yeah, right. horny Ocus, uh, Fred leaves. Davis shows up to uh, Sasha's house with some coffee. Um, Sully at the diner, meanwhile, has to leave early. Because he's got to change his uh, shirt and it involves taking all his pin- uh, the the badges and everything, which he said is going to take a long time along the way. But of course, conveniently, that means that as he leaves, uh, somebody else is coming in, and uh, nothing bad's going to happen here at all, is there, Darvell? Like, not not at all. No, no. What could possibly go wrong? No, this is just again, it's one of these like real cliche moments to me, where it's kind of like. You know something's going to go wrong here. Uh, you just you just feel it, like because again you, you're introduced to a person that you've never seen before. Um, Sally leaves and bumps into a sinister-looking guy who kind of has a sinister-looking look on his face as he walks in. So you know it's kind of just a bit obvious to me. But I think kind of just quickly here, like if we had have seen this rocky guy before and kind of you know he was a bit of part of the furniture, so to speak. Uh, maybe we're not going to suspect it as much, okay. but you get introduced straight away to somebody uh, like this in an instance, and uh, yeah, you, you're going to suspect something's going to be up. Yep, and let me stop you. I found the state bird of Missouri. And it is? It is the eastern bluebird. Ah, that was going to be my guess. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> is there a western Alrighty. bluebird? None that I know of. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, good to know. There you go. All right. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, this is a little bit obvious. I think something's going to happen. Um, and kind of just before we get the credits, uh, we're going to get a shot of this guy who's just walked in, holding a gun up to this uh, shopkeeper's. who's we're going to learn his name is Rocky, and uh, don't shoot, don't shoot, bang. Uh, and then we get to the credits. So, hmm, I wonder if we predicted that was going to happen at all. No. All right. Oh, very much so. Yeah, exactly. Coming back after the credits, uh, Swirsky's doing his morning roll call, uh, telling everyone to search the RMP for everything. Uh, Munro and Davis show up together. I do kind of like that moment when Swirsky's like, you two carpool or something? And everyone's like, woo! Um, And then Munro, it's her first day back, we should really mention that. She's been put on desk duty. I do like sort of Davis's little line, like, you be careful behind that desk, okay? 
Um, and <laughs> we've got Bosco having, uh, I guess, breakfast with uh, Henry Winkler, going over some things for the trial for Mikey. Um, he, I love Henry Winkler, like abusive household, you know, nice. Glad, Bosco's kind of like, glad you like that. Um, and sort of we see Yoka's here with uh, Henry Winkler's daughter folding up pieces of paper and kind of uh, playing with her. Um, Bosco goes to pay the lawyer, uh, but because he doesn't want his dad to pay anything more out of it, but he doesn't want to uh, take the money. He says pay him when he's got all the money, and Yoka's trying to talk to the little girl, saying, you know, oh, you want to be an attorney when you grow up? And um, we sort of learn that uh, Henry Winkler's like, you should always read to your child, and there's all sort of back and forth. And then he, they offer to give them a lift in the police car back home, basically. So this is kind of going to be the the line where, oh, look, they know where he lives, so how convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, and Bosco has this line here where he's like, oh, I figured my, this guy was an ass. Um, so, you know, again, so nothing could go wrong here, could it? Like, no, no, it's absolutely all... nothing. It's just an innocent, sweet little encounter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all the TV shows like this set things up for us all just good news, right? Um, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know, like it's, it's kind of interesting because as I said, like when I first saw this and I remember seeing Henry Winkler and the daughter, I just, it was just too good. You're like, this is going to go somewhere. Um, and yeah, like I'm not the biggest fan of this storyline. Look, I think it's interesting, but I think all this storyline does is set up Yokus as a detective. I just, I honestly think that they have by now written it in the wind that, hey, you know, should we come back for season six, we're going to make Yokus a detective and turn this into sort of a detective show. So I kind of feel like with everything that you're going to get with Yokus in the next two episodes, like this seven the next week, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel it's very Yokosy detective yeah. work. Yeah, and I kind of thought that too when I was watching that episode earlier this morning. Is that I see why they spoiler alert promote her next season because I mean she does make a damn good detective. Yeah, yeah. I look, I and she does. There are some redeeming qualities to uh, the the detective storylines next season. And I think one of them is the fact that, yes, you're right, Yokus does make a very good detective. But, um, yeah, we'll get to that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yes, Sully, uh, meanwhile, in the car with Davis. I love how he, like, goes off at Davis for trying to do the, um, the crossword. And what does Davis say? Like, you're a weird dude or whatever it is. Um, they get called yeah, away. To something a, like that. They get called away to a job, and Sally's kind of like, why does that address sound so familiar? Um, we've got uh, Henry Winkler telling Bosco here to wear his uniform at the trial, and he's got any commendations and ribbons, wear them to kind of it will help them during the trial. Uh, back with Sully, he realizes the address is somewhere familiar because it's the diner where he eats every single morning. It's all completely shot up. Uh, the waitress is dead, Rocky's dead, and there's a customer dead. And uh, we've got Jelly behind the counter. That is the detective, by the way, not like just some actual, you know, Jelly. Um, uh, there I do might kind be of like, that too. Yeah, well, true. He's kind of like, you know, he's a stiff now. And so it's like, show some respect. Uh, but like Sully, like he just kind of has a blank look on his face. Like he really doesn't seem to care. Um, and kind of Jelly asking Sully if he had any family and Sully doesn't know. Uh, we see the next day Sully walking past the diner, lots of tributes all plastered all over the wall. 
Um, Jokus is in bed, meanwhile. We hear this banging on the door. And, oh, it's been a while since we've had some Emily going off, hasn't it? But I will say, not really that annoying because, I mean, fair enough. If your brother's been in the uh, bathroom for an hour uh, and you need to get in there, like, Jesus, who's in the bathroom? I mean, I guess he's a, what, a 12, 13-year-old boy. There's a reason why 12, 13-year-old boys go into the uh, bathroom for an hour. Yeah. Uh, might be related mm-hmm. to last week's episode, Darvel, the episode title at least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's probably spanking the monkey or choking the chicken or whatever. <laughs> or maybe it's just a case because, you know, his appearance changed so suddenly. He's just struggling with his newfound look because then next season he's going to look even different again. Um, so That but, too. Yeah. So through all this sort of Emily going off and... Fred saying, like, oh, we're going to get a new place. And then Jokus is essentially, like, going, like, you know, why why do you say that? Why do you say that we're going to get a new place? Um, and then kind of Fred just jerk-face <laughs> Fred. I'm just going to call him jerk-face Fred now because, yeah, he's a jerk at this point. We really don't like Fred anymore. Um, no. He's just basically, you know, Jokus is like, I'm talking to you. And he's like, no, you're talking at me. Um, ugh, no. Even Mallory's watching these next few episodes, and even she's like, you know, who's a jerk? And I'm like, he didn't used to be a jerk. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, jerk face Fred, will that catch on? Yep, I think it will. Hashtag jerk face Fred. Jerk, I'm just writing that down here. Faced Fred. Cool. All right, we can uh, we can get that trending because all the ones that we've gotten so far are trending. I do like the point, though, that Emily makes. Like, Emily's 15, Charlie's 12. Like, there is no way these two should be sharing a room at that age. Like, you know. And it's, like, you, and go ahead. Yeah, especially a... I don't know how this is going to sound, but especially brother and sister. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... It's just, you, you get to that age, and, you know, there, there needs to be a point where you, you don't share. Like, yeah, you're right, brother and sister. Brother and brother, maybe, but, like... You know, like, as Emily kind of points out, like, I shouldn't have to change in front of my brother and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we have, anyway, we have Davis with Sasha's nephew here uh, cooking breakfast and then kind of where they have the conversation and Sasha's all like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, I'm not I'm not here for a serious relationship. And uh, uh, then Davis kind of, you know, says, like, he, he kind of says he likes her and that, you know, they just want to be friends at the moment. So... Um, yeah, like, again, this is kind of going back to what we are saying, like, last week, wasn't it, about, like, the, the setup of this, like, yeah, okay, finally, we need to sort of have that conversation, but, again, all we've really seen with this at this point is Davis getting a bit worried about, you, you know, his LSAT tests and then hanging out and spending the night on the couch, and it's implied that he's spent every night there, but, um, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know how you feel about kind of what they're moving on with this. On this on this episode, it seems like they're you know kind of taking a step back from where they were from where they were last week, and that has me thinking, okay, now why couldn't they have done this instead of trying to rush things forward last week? Yeah, like, yeah, you're right, and like I just I guess my issue with this still is and the week before, like it's not that they don't have chemistry. This is what I was trying to say the other week. They definitely have chemistry. But again, at this point, to me, it's almost more just like a friendship chemistry. Like, it's just, there should be right. some form of sexual tension or kind of like, oh, we really want to see these two rip each other's clothes off. Like, there's just something weird about it to me that just at this point, I'm not going like, yeah, come on, Davis and Munro, I want to see you together, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. 
like it's it's weird because like in the one well we technically got a scene uh between doc and sasha in a, in a call for help but you know sort of in the the few scenes that they shared together but when they slept together like there was just that tension between the two like yeah like these two you should you two should hook up but now it's just uh, <laughs> like even even weirdly whenever i see bosco and cruz together like to me they're still like hey these two want to do each other tension so you know it's kind of even now yeah, like even now, like I still feel like there is that that level there. Maybe it's just because they have slept together. I don't know, but anyway, um, it just yeah, I don't know how it how it works. Um, we got Swirsky. Meanwhile, we're at uh, roll call again, talking about oh, did you all check your RMPs? Uh, well, Bosco, is this an approved <laughs> uniform item? And holds up a little pink backpack, and uh, yep, everybody kind of uh, laughs about that. Uh, Bosco says he needs some uh, off time for his brother's bail hearing. Sully's in a grump, and he's basically like, "What cop killers get bail now?" Uh, and Yokes is kind of like, you know, just leave it alone. You don't know the full story. Um, We've got Yokus and Bosco uh, meeting, they're taking the bag around to uh, Henry Winkler's house, and we meet Kate Jackson, uh, here she is, Jan Martin, otherwise known as that. Now, I'll be honest, the first time I saw this, I didn't know who she was, so when they kind of like, you know, special guest star, Kate Jackson, I'm like, okay, I have no idea who this is. Uh, but mind you, I did not grow up in the 70s, and I did not watch Charlie's Angels, so forgive me. <laughs> but, uh, yes. I didn't either, if that makes you feel any better. I think, for the most part, like, uh, if people didn't know who Kate Jackson was, she was one of the uh, original Charlie's Angels, if I'm not mistaken, from the 70s. Um, and, you know, a bit of a household name at that point. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, what is it? Um, is it Linda Carter was Wonder Woman in the 70s? Um, so, kind of like, you know, these names which... People generally know, kind of, even if you weren't from that era. Uh, like, Lou Ferrigno, like, everyone knows him. He played the Hulk on TV, you know, and he's kind of built a bit of a cult following for himself, even if you've never seen his TV show, which I haven't. And, I mean, I've never watched an episode of the 1970s Charlie's Angels. I've honestly only seen the movies. So, um, yeah, but it's good to kind of have her in there. I mean, I'm just looking at her IMDb page. This is one of the last things she's actually... Uh, ever acted in she's still alive but uh she must have retired from acting because uh she hasn't acted since 2007 according to imdb in an episode of criminal minds so um yeah one of the last uh ones she ever did so it's kind of cool to see that a lot of actors kind of seem to retire around about their period on third watch i wonder if that's just because third watch was such a stress i can't do this anymore it was just like i'm gonna go out in a high here and uh go out in the best show on tv um but we we go and (laughs) We go inside to this house. It's very nicely done. and uh, I love the line there when uh, Yokus is kind of like, nice floors. And then Boss is like, it's got a lot of books. And then Yokus is like, oh, it must be a bitch to clean. The books? The floor. <laughs> it's just the way we have that exchange. Um, we find out the little girl, Rebecca, is homeschool. Um, so there's that. Bo- Bosco tries to give the check again to to her but she's like no we don't mix work and home and uh she basically loosely implies to kick them out because she's got to get back to dinner so um yeah that's uh pay attention it's a nice nice house you pay attention nothing could go wrong here at all nothing at all no Um, absolutely nothing nothing at all um yeah i mean do you you like kate jackson in this i haven't I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but in this particular role, yes, she is very, very believable, especially in Higher Calling. Oh, agree. And I think this kind of goes back to one of those things that, like, if if this show 
was a little bit more prominent in the landscape and TV in 2004. I, uh, I definitely feel as though she probably would have been in the running for a, a guest Emmy, a guest star Emmy. Because, I mean, you know, like... She's yeah, like, her she's, and Henry Winkler. Oh, absolutely. Like, they're big names. Uh, and generally, kind of, if you ever look at the guest, best guest Emmy um, category, it's kind of always a fairly big name and in a, in a show that also generally has higher ratings. So, like, if this was... Both of these were on The Sopranos, or I think The Sopranos are still on in 2004, I'm sure they probably would have been nominated. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to see if I can pull up the... Uh, the Emmy here for uh, the who was nominated in 2004 for Best Guest Performances. Let's have a look here. Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series in 2004. It was won by William Shatner. There you go. Big name. See what I'm saying? Uh, William Shatner Crane. on Boston Legal. Well, it was Denny Crane in the practice, and obviously it spun out, spun off into the uh, into Boston Legal. But look at the other big yep. names here. Um, you got James L. Jones, Mr. Darth Vader himself who played Will mm-hmm. Cleveland on Everwood. Martin Landau <clears throat> was Frank Malone on Without a Trace. Matthew Perry, Chandler. Uh, Joe Quincy on The West Wing. And uh, Bob Newhart as Ben Hollander on ER. See, there you go. ER still has enough sway that their guest stars were getting Emmy nominations. And for guest actress in a drama series in 2004, look at the names here again. Sharon Stone uh, won the uh, Emmy that year as playing Sheila Carlisle on The Practice. And your other ones here, you got Louise Fletcher, uh, I'm not sure if I know, actually know who that is. Miss Eva Garrison on Joan of Arcadia. Marley Matlin as Dr. Amy Sulway on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh, um, yes. And I've heard of her name. But yeah, she is the deaf. I thought she was the deaf actress who... Yes. Uh, I think she won an Oscar. She did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that's... I was wondering why that name sounded familiar. Betty White <laughs> on The Practice. <laughs> and uh, Mayor Winningham on Law and Order SVU. I don't actually know if I know who that is, but uh, mm. anyway, so that's that's our point. Like, look at the big names that kind of get nominated there. So, yeah. if this show and had a bit more a uh, bit more prominent prominence, I yeah definitely feel these two could have been nominated. Definitely. And when you when you were going through the list of actors and actresses and mentioning the ones you had never heard of, I was going to say when you mentioned Betty White for like a split second, I was thinking, okay, Ben. Please do not say that you have never heard of Betty White because everyone yeah. ha- everyone knows who Betty White is. Look, I, I love Betty White. <laughs> so, How can you not? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like I'd love to see Betty White in Third Watch. Has Betty, has Betty White ever kind of you know? Uh, be, I mean, I guess she was on Boston Legal, but uh, or The Practice, whatever it was. But I mean, that kind of had a bit of quirkiness to it, though, didn't it? Like I don't know. Does Betty White ever played a serious role? None that I know of, but but I believe she could. Oh, I'm sure she could too. Um, yeah, she's she's America's mother, America's right? grandmother, Amer- America's grandmother. Yeah, she's she's got to be pushing a hundred now, doesn't she? She is ninety six. Wow, doesn't look a day and over still 81. going strong. Good on you, Betty. Uh, hopefully, by the time this gets released, she hasn't died because we have a habit of doing that on this show. So, uh, in the meantime, if she has, I apologize. Um, so, uh, Sally, meanwhile, is uh, looking at the tape of uh, him in the, the restaurant in the morning and uh, sort of has a look at the guy. And then um, Jelly's telling him that, you know, you can have a look at um, some mug books that go through it. Um, we've got Bosco on trial here um, and sort of being questioned by the ADA, uh, who this week, what is she named? Is she Man again? Diane McCann this week. And then next week she goes back to Diane Mann. Um, so, yep, that's weird that that happens. 
But um, mm-hmm. yeah, being questioned, uh, Bosco has some flashbacks about what happens, and he's just sort of telling everything that happens as well. Um, it's that he was in an abusive household um, and all that sort of stuff. But then Henry Winkler comes in and uh, questions Bosco, and basically it all borders down to the fact that Bosco did not read Mikey his Miranda rights, so therefore it was an improper interrogation and uh, they should drop the charges. And you can see that the ADA is very pissed off about this. And Bosco's pissed off outside. Henry Winkler's all happy. Uh, but then Bosco's basically like, you made a fool out of me. You know, I have to work with this ADA again. And we kind of see her walking in the background, kind of staring at Bosco. Um, and then we find out that Marky's going to be out by morning. So, um, yeah, I, I, I remember when I used to watch this, I never used to get this. Like, why is Bosco pissed off? Like, you know, he kind of got his brother out. But, um I don't know. Like, I don't know how you feel this has all played out. Like, I think kind of at the same time, Henry Winkler's just doing his job. Yeah, he is. And, I mean, if Bosco didn't read Mikey his Miranda rights, then, yeah. I mean, I'm not a pro on the law, but I would imagine that, yes, that is an improper interrogation. So It's one of these ones, I think, that it's kind of a technicality in terms of, like, you know, these officers know what they've got to do every time to make things legal, but sometimes they miss out. So then this is where you've got a good lawyer who basically is like, hey, hang on a minute, you didn't do this, you know? And yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of TV shows where that's always come into play. Like, did you read him his rights? And then kind of, you know, it's made the arrest um, not warranted, which look, yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm no legal expert. Um, I don't know if it's that black and white. Again, to all our cops listening out there, please let us know. Is it that black and white? You don't read the Miranda rights? Um, boom, they're straight away, like, it's uh, it's invalid. Or is that kind of just TV style, um, you know? Because like, I think, I'm pretty sure in Australia, uh, you don't read people their rights, or at least not that way. Um, I'm sure there is some element to some form of words said when somebody's under arrest. But, yeah, I don't think in Australia people say the whole, you have the right to remain silent, anything you say in do will be used against you in a court of law, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never been arrested before. So I'll let you know next time I'm arrested. <laughs> well, um, I've never been arrested Boston. either. So Go ahead. I've never been arrested either. So oh, I couldn't tell you either. Thank God. Bosco and uh, Yokus rush to a scene. We don't know what it is yet, but we find it's, uh, it's Rebecca. It's Henry Winkler and Kate Jackson's daughter. She's, uh, passed out, unconscious, and uh, Kate Jackson is uh, very upset. She's essentially just, you know, where's Henry? Where's Henry? Oh, <laughs> it's not really Henry. It's uh, Lester, but I'm just saying it's Henry because it's Henry Winkler. Um, Bosco has to perform CPR. Uh, Holly shows up with a random paramedic. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, meet Maybe that was, um, what was his name the other week? Alistair or something like that? Was I, don't even, I don't even remember. Alan or Arnold or, you know who I'm that, that's him, let's just say. That's him, to keep this continuity going. It was whoever that was that was training downstairs. Um, so uh, he's there um, at the hospital and kind of she's again saying, like, I should call Lester and I can't leave a message. So she calls up from the uh, hospital phone. We've got Sully going through the mug shots and he sort of says that uh, nobody comes close, but then we realise that Sully has stolen a mug shot. <gasps> da, da, da. Um, and he's like, this is my collar. I'm going after this one. Um... Yokus, meanwhile, is questioning Kate Jackson. Uh, back in the apartment, uh, she said that uh, Rebecca was choking on vegetables, but now she's saying on pretzels and kind of, you know, she's like, pretzels, vegetables, what does it matter? 
Uh, and she just keeps going on and on and on about, uh, you know, I really need to use a phone. I really need to use a phone. And then uh, Mary comes in, says to Bosco and Yoko that she needs to talk to them. And then Dr. Hickman comes in and he's essentially saying this girl has been beaten. Um, she's been beaten into a coma. Um, and this amount of trauma that we have seen on her is usually seen in boxes. And kind of they ask the, the doctor, you know, is she going to make it? And Dr. Hickman is like, nope, probably not. So... Yeah, pretty pretty dark stuff here. The fact that this poor little girl has uh, been severely beaten. Yeah, very much so. You know, to be quite honest, I'm surprised Yokus didn't go back in there and strangle the lady right then. Yeah, well, she nearly does, really. Um, but, it, I mean, it kind of turns very dark quickly, this episode, doesn't it? It's kind of like, well, okay, that just took a turn. really does. Yeah, and that's... It's kind of like an issue. It's not really an issue. It's just it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's kind of the tone of this episode shifts because even the stuff with Sully we get is not exactly, you know, laugh. I mean, I'm not saying like every episode needs to be laugh a minute, but it's just, it's kind of moving forward into season six again. Like we just get a lot of darkness. It's all about the job. Um, and a lot of the personal stuff kind of gets put aside. So yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Not really much to laugh at in season six from what I recall. Um, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, there there are definitely a few moments, like, you know, the Holly and Carlos stuff, like the parent meeting one's pretty funny and kind oh of... Oh, my God. I cannot wait until we get to that episode. And, like, kind of this ongoing trope, which kind of starts uh, at the beginning of season six that Carlos seems to hit his head all the time. Um, so, I mean, the, the paramedics almost just purely become c- comedy uh, next season, so... Um, we're even going to get to that sort of from next week. Oh my God, are we excited for next week, Darvell? Meh time is next week. Um, she doesn't leave a, start with a very good impression in my mind, does our favourite Meh No, character. she really doesn't. Uh, anyway, we'll get to her next week. But um, Davis is asking Munro to run the name of this perp for Sully um, and sort of Munro's not too keen about it, but Davis is like, hey, you know, it's fine. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um... It's a weird little scene. Like, I kind of don't think we need this scene in the episode because you're kind of thinking, like, oh, is this going to come back and haunt Monroe? But it doesn't. Like, um... No. I mean, although does this... This doesn't come up next season with the Monroe stuff, does it? No, I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Um, Meanwhile, Yokus is questioning Kate Jackson, saying that she's been hit... Um, and sort of, uh, she's still asking where Lester is. Bosco, meanwhile, uh, we've got Henry Winkler in here, is questioning her, uh, basically saying, we believe your wife has been abusing your daughter. Uh, oh, goodness, I'm allergic to that Bless line. Bless you. Uh, again, any professional podcast, I'll edit that out, but, uh, I just want our listeners to bless me at that point. Uh, um, the, Lester only cares about talking to his wife. Uh, say that he's her attorney, doesn't even seem to bother about asking about his daughter. Swirsky's there, uh, talks to Bosco, wants to talk to Bosco outside. Uh, we've got Sully and Davis going in to get the guy who did the shooting, going inside this building, and Davis is kind of like, like, hey, like, let's back up, like, what's the plan here? And Sully doesn't seem to care. Um, Davis is like, he's got a gun, and I love how Sully's just like, so do I. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, I like that yeah, line. Yeah, a revolver against a shotgun. That's going to go over real well. Well, it seems to work. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Swirsky questing Bosco, sort of trying to find out what's happening here. Um, we find out that it's kind of still possible that the father did it. 
uh, even though kind of it looks like it's a mother. Yoko's meanwhile is like going goes in and arrests Kate Jackson. I do kind of like the way she's like, um, you know, oh, I hope you resist. Please do. Like sort of like get up and you know goes to cover. Um, and you know she's bad. What does she say? Like oh, you know maybe you need to go a round or two with someone you go own a few side. rounds with someone who can actually hit back. Yeah, she screamed Lester. She collapses and uh, just kind of the way they sort of react with that. Um, I like look the thing that I will say about this whole storyline too, which I find slightly confusing, is that we do, I guess, get a conclusion next week, sort of. Uh, with the scene, the last scene we kind of have with Henry Winkler, but I still feel they leave it open enough that it's never fully explained, if that makes sense. Like, are we led to believe that both of them are abusing this little girl, or is it purely Henry Winkler? Like, I don't think, like, I'd still get confused. Even, like, Mallory watching this for the first time was kind of like, okay, so I don't get it, so who is the one abusing them here? So, like, it's, I don't know, like, do you, it's probably more of a conversation for next week, but I just kind of still get a bit confused about who is the main instigator of all this. Yeah, you're right, that is more of a conversation for for next week. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, I feel this is a storyline where you want to kind of have the one person who's absolute, or even if it is two of them, you know, like like, like the other week or last week, whenever it was when we had the whole break, it was two weeks ago when we had the, the family sort of doing the break scamming, you know, like, I mean, that was kind of concluded right at the end. We realized that both of them were in it and why they were doing it. Um, but I don't know, this just seems yep. so open-ended um, that, like, it's implied but not fully explained, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll, as I said, we'll we'll get to more of that next week. Um, so where are we? Uh, Swesky tells Yosko and Bocas to go meet um, Jelly. <laughs> oh man, I, don't know why I miss that you saying Yosko and Bocas. <laughs> oh, did I just say that? Did I? Yep, you said Yosko and Bocas again. I totally did not. I totally said Yokus and Bosco. No, you said Yosko and Bocas. Okay, well, whatever I said, go. They've been told to go hang out with Jelly. Although Bosco's actually told to hang with uh, Henry Winkler. Can I just point out here too that uh, Bosco's hair getting longer again? We know he's going to get a bit of a mop next season. Um, Sully, meanwhile, and Davis they break down the door. There's a bit of a tension moment. Davis grabs the shotgun away. Sully just holds a gun to this guy's head. Don't move. There's a bit of a moment where they stare at each other in silence before Sully decides to bash the absolute living shit out of him. Davis pulls him off him before Sully gets him one more punch. Um, I'm going to get to that storyline in a minute when we sort of get to it again. Um, uh, where we go? Henry Winkler sort of saying to Bosco that um, you bruised her by doing CPR. You know, can you prove that you didn't? Uh, and then sort of Bosco's questioning him like, you know, you should be worried about your child, not yourself. Like, what are you going on here? And then we have uh, Yokus and Jelly going through the apartment and then we just find all this, like, gross stuff. They see this red glow underneath a door, and it's just all these notebooks. There's, like, a gross toilet. There's, like, a bed, a bath. It's just all incredibly terrible. There's belts. There's baseball bats. Uh, you know, Jelly sort of saying, we're going to open a window. I'm going to lose my breakfast burrito. Um, there's all these, like, clothes in dry, clean wrapping all perfectly laid out. It's, it's like, basically pitch black because they've got their torches here going through. And it's just an absolute nightmare scenario of what you believe, like, somebody... Uh, being kept in living arrangements like this and tortured, and kind of particularly that this is a little girl as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Jelly says, you know, it's a kitchen, it's a bedroom, it's a living room, and a toilet. We see some rats on the floor. 
And um, Yokus uh, opens up a book, one of the mil- you know hundreds of notebooks that we see, and they all say the same thing. I will drink 10 glasses of water every single day. And then she just kind of says, that poor baby. I mean, again, this is definitely, definitely giving me season six vibes with the detectiveness, and particularly the fact she's working with Jelly. Again, I just feel this is them setting it up. Yeah. But, like, it's just... It's scary, like, this whole little situation that this girl's been living in. I mean, it's it's very well kind of, I guess, the the props department, kind of everyone who's uh, put all this together. They've done this very well because, like, this is pretty terrifying to see. Yep, and the, and the music, again, got to compliment. I always forget the guy's name, the guy who the guy who does the scores, but... Martin Davidge. Ma- Martin Davidge. Yeah, well, he came through again. Yeah. And look, it's, I think, kind of... I, I'll, I'll complain a lot about it next season, just this whole shift around kind of... Because like at this point, with this sort of scene, this doesn't feel like Third Watch to me right now. It feels like I'm watching like Criminal Minds or CSI. Like They've really kind of changed the tone enough with this one that right now... Because like I feel Third Watch still had a tone and a style about it, even when they kind of had crimes, where they sort of were investigating something like this. And... I don't know, like, it's just, this is just, to me, what they're doing with this show right now, and we're going to just have that so much next season, and look, again, I'm not saying at the end of the day that this is the worst thing, I'm not saying this is completely terrible, like, we shouldn't be seeing this, it's a cop show, cops get promotions, things develop, I've talked about a lot about the development of the show, and this is, I guess, the rightful development, you know, for the character of Yokus and kind of what's going to go on with this, but, yeah, it's just... You know, I, I personally am one that lives for the, the earlier days when this was just such a character-driven show that everybody kind of, you know, was able to have this ensemble cast all working with each other around storylines that kind of just all seemed to gel in with each other. And, you know, it's just like people who watch the early days of ER would definitely know what I mean when it comes to, like, they were the glory days. And ER hung around on for a lot longer than I think people give it credit for before it kind of really did turn a page towards the end when it sort of eventually ended. But, um yeah, uh, it's just a style that kind of like a John Wells type of show has. And, uh, you know, going into something like Southland and all that sort of stuff and just other shows that John Wells has been involved in, The West Wing. Like, people love these shows, I think, because of the characters and how they are interacting and their, their um, you know, uh, the words that are on page kind of through everything that, you know, John Wells seems to be able to pull around the right people around him. So, yeah. I, I my, my weird complaint here is that this is definitely feeling more like a Criminal Minds style show right now. And like I know you like Criminal Minds and shows like that. I, I'm not saying they're bad shows. Oh, I'm I, lo- not, I love Criminal yeah, Minds. Yeah, I'm not. In no way am I here saying that Criminal Minds, CSI are bad shows. Like it's just not a style of show that is one that I watch a lot of. Like I've I watched CSI when it first started. It was like okay, this is okay, but then kind of grew out of it. Um, I'm just never been one to watch a weekly serialized um, cop show. He says watching Blue Bloods, but that's probably the only one in my yeah, life. Yeah, I was going to say you watch Blue Bloods. Well, that's don't you? probably the only one in my entire life that I've actually you know really week to week cop show serialized one that I've actually ever kind of stuck with. Um, so yeah, because I think you know there's a bit of a difference to Blue Bloods, but. Not wholly. But anyway, my point is, Darvel, you like these cyber shows. Do you feel like we're getting more into this territory? And so what are you, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, it does kind of feel like a CSI or a Criminal Minds or maybe even, maybe even a Law and Order SVU feel almost. But, um, you know, actually when you mentioned that it was like a, a Criminal Minds kind of thing, I started picturing, 
<laughs> I started picture. I started wondering. Okay, now how would the Criminal Minds team? What would be their profile? What would they come up with for for the characters that Henry Winkler and Kate Jackson play in this in this storyline? What would I, be their profile? <laughs> look, I haven't watched enough of Criminal Minds to even know what that that means. So yeah, I yeah. I, I couldn't be able to answer that question. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like we're going to get so much more of this next season. So I just feel that people need to kind of get used to this style that we're kind of having here with this yeah. thing. But again, like I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom. Again, this is well shot. Like it's, it's well, it's tense. Um, it's well acted. Like there's nothing, you know, terrible about what we're seeing. It's just in terms of like, for example, like Mallory's been watching this kind of from the halfway point of season five. Like she's kind of just, you know, she saw a few of the episodes I've watched along the way, but, kind of at least these last few episodes, she's kind of sat down and watched them in full. So, and she's enjoying it. And she's like, at the end of this episode, she's like, I want to watch the next episode. So like, you know, she's enjoying this. So for people who kind of tune in at this point of the show, I mean, they're going to be fine with it. Like they don't have anything else to base it on. So it's kind of, yeah. And this is, I guess, what they were trying to do with this show for kind of those casual viewers that can maybe tune in a little bit more and kind of have it as a week to week based thing, as opposed to, you know, ongoing storylines serialized so, storylines yeah 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 anyway um so we cut back to kate jackson she's been restrained she's yelling about wanting uh lester but we see that she's all bruised as well bosco sort of saying like you know why don't you didn't ask for help and kind of obviously it's implied now that she's a bit of a uh victim and then she just snaps and it's kind of like get away from me you son of a bitch and yokus rings bosco and sort of telling her that um telling him, sorry, that it's all messed up, you know, this is some really creepy stuff going on here, and then Bosco is like, he's beaten a bad faith. Um, one thing I would say, like, again, going back to Kate Jackson, like, she's such, she's such a good actor, like, she really plays this kind of mentally challenged, um, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but you know what I mean, like, she's got issues here, uh, does Jan, and she Yeah, plays she, it so she well. definitely isn't all there. Exactly, and particularly next week, and again, like, I'm not, Henry Winkler's great too in kind of like the role that he does, but I definitely believe that Kate Jackson was robbed of not getting an Emmy nomination because it's it's great. And I think the one thing I will say for next week is that I love kind of this back and forth with Yokus and Jan, and I think kind of it just shows like Faith uh, Molly Price really does seem to shine when she's with these esteemed actors. Like I'm not saying the people in Third Watch aren't esteemed actors, but what I'm saying is like when she's with like a Mia Farrow you know, or a Kate Jackson, like she's with these, uh, you know, when we saw her with Roy Scheider, like it even shines even more of how good of an actor Molly Price is. Um, so yeah, like great actors working off each other is great. You know, like you think of people like Meryl Streep when they're opposite somebody who's on their level of acting and other things like that. Like they seem to even excel even more. So yeah, uh, props to Kate Jackson. I think she she really does well. Like, and I'm saying that Jason Wiles isn't a, as good an actor as well. Like, opposite stuff with Jason Wiles is great too. So, yeah, my point is, like, yep. she she deserves some sort of recognition for her great role that she's doing with this. Whether whether you like the storyline or not, like you can't take away from her acting ability. Um, no. Sully brings in the guy, the doer from the homicide. Um, he's all covered in blood. None of the cops really seem to care. And uh, I do love the line he kind of says to the, uh, I guess, the, the jail cell warden or whatever it is, kind of like, you know, if he doesn't confess, tell him I'm coming back for him. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, they then go and arrest Henry Winkler because they say they can basically get him for neglect. Uh, Yokus is like, let me do it. They put him under arrest and kind of Henry Winkler being so cocky and everything is kind of like, I, you know, I've got four cases pending. I can't possibly do this till Thursday. Um, and sort of, you know, he's accusing Bosco of only doing this uh, because of what happened in court earlier. Um, and yeah, not, not happening. He's getting arrested. Then we get, um, Sully and Davis driving around. Sully not saying anything. He gets out of the car and we have this conversation with Davis and basically Sully admitting that, you know, my first thought when I saw that murder this morning was, you know, where will I get coffee? You know, that guy was the closest that I had to a friend outside the job and I didn't even pity him. Um, you know, I've lost something important on this job. And he basically just says to Davis, you know, get your ass into law school before it's too late for you. Now, just want to say, this is a yeah. great scene. Can I just, before you say, I just want to say, this is a great scene. Okay. It's well acted. It, it's emotional. It hits the feels. Like, I think it's this great scene. I do have a problem with the fact that it feels very out of place in this episode. Because, like, this is kind of one of those moments where they're going back to sort of like your old school third watch and kind of going back to that. A, it feels a little bit out of place in this episode. B, I have an issue with it because kind of it really goes nowhere. Sully has this speech, he's grumpy, and then kind of it's almost like they're implying that with the results that he's getting with the LSATs and what we find out next week, that maybe he's going to change careers and go become a lawyer. Nothing ever comes out of that. And it feels a bit recycled because we had a lot of this with Sully with season one and season two, and I'm not complaining about that. I think that this makes sense that Sully would have moments like this. And I've always kind of felt a connection with Sully because I feel that kind of just he's the way he kind of thinks about life is kind of a lot of how I think about life. But the, the the thing that I have is it just it feels disjointed. Like it's where did this come from? Like if all of a sudden next week he's like I'm quitting as a cop, I'm becoming a lawyer, or hey I'm retiring. Yeah, it would make complete sense. Great, keep this scene into it. But to me, it almost feels like it's just a case of. A, they weren't renewed. They didn't know what they were going to do next season. B, they if they were planning on season six with this LSAT storyline, they're thinking like, hey, maybe we will make it so that they both join law school and then they just scrap that idea. Or C, they're planning that they may not be coming back at the end of season five uh, and that maybe they can write in a storyline which kind of ends open-ended with Sully leaving for law school or something like that. So I just feel like there's some sort of misdirection that's happened here that they're kind of trying some things that never eventuated, and that's kind of what's going to be my problem with the LSAT storyline that we get next week because it's kind of you get the results and then it's never mentioned again. Cool, great, what was the point of all that storyline? So, yeah, I that's just my issue with this outside of the fact this is still a great scene, but... I just think it's it's a wasted scene that doesn't need to be here. Yeah, and you're right. It was definitely, you know, going back to old school yeah. Sully and all that. But um, my issue with it, and I agree with you that, it, yeah, it was a good scene, is that Sully, Sully seems to think that that Davis will be exactly like him if he's if he's been on the job long enough he'll turn out exactly like him and you know that's that may or may not be the case you know just because just because the rest of your just because the rest of your life dried up doesn't mean that and i mean i do hurt for him for that for sully you know because that that's awful that in the time that he's been on the job that he feels like the rest that the rest of his life has just kind of dried up but I mean, ju- but just because that's happened to him, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen to Ty. Yeah. And 
I kind of wish Sully would quit projecting that onto him or whatever. And like, I, you're absolutely right. I, I can't disagree with anything you said. And I think just to add to what you've just said with that, Ty's developed enough over five seasons that Ty's very passive here. doesn't really say much. So why can't at this point we have Ty sort of like, you know, like, you know, quit saying that Sully. Like, I'm not going to turn out like you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of just have a speech here to Sully or something like that. They're kind of, there. there is a point here. Like, Davis can be standing up and be like, you know, don't say that, you know, I'm not going to be like you. And, you know, you've got this, you've got that, you've had a great career and kind of, you know, kind of like, kind of like what we had with Carlos when he had that line when he said like, you know, I became, I, if this job was good enough for Monty Parker, it's good enough for me. So this is where we need a Davis, yeah. a similar thing from Davis to say that. Uh, I think you, you summed that up perfectly. I think that's absolutely correct. And I think just one thing I'll add too quickly on this too is I think that an issue with this too, with the recycling of this storyline, it's kind of like with the Yoka stuff. It's like, what are we going to do with Yokus and a family? Oh, I know. Let's recycle the whole fact that a family hates the fact that she's a cop and works all the time and never sees us. Like, that's just the go-to. They never try to see to explore much else. And then it's kind of like this season, they just give up on everything and, hey, let's make Fred cheat on her. I don't even care that I'm spoiling people. Fred's a jerk. <laughs> I'm like, we're just... We're two episodes away from that, people, all right? So, like, okay, I'm sorry that I've dropped that as a spoiler. Uh, secondly, it's like, oh, what are we going to do with Sully? Like, oh, you know, we, we recovered from alcohol. His wife's died. Oh, let's go back to the whole, oh, I've been doing this forever. I'm numb on the job. You know, it's kind of like... It's just a go-to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. it was even the the scene the scene between him between him and between Sully and Maggie back in season one at the end of yeah. Alone in a Crowd that was much more powerful than this. I mean, again, we're not ragging on the scene completely, but that scene was much more powerful. And the good thing about that scene, was. though, to go back to what you were saying before about Davis, is Maggie kind of had a reply and kind of like you know was like a hey, it, it'll be all right. Whereas Davis kind of says nothing, <laughs> um, so it's it's left. Open end, yeah. Like that's that's I think our spiel on that anyway. But like it's yeah, a, a positive to come out of it. Like we've kind of said a lot this season, haven't we? That Davis and Sally haven't really done much. Um, but so it's good that we've got a bit of Sally, especially Sally, because on the grand scheme of things, Sally really hasn't had a whole lot to do this season, has he? I mean, yeah, he had the Judge Holstead stuff, no. but um, you know, after last season, that went nowhere. Exactly. Hey, her name gets mentioned twice in an episode in two weeks' time, so you know, get excited that she's still in the uh, Third Watch cinematic universe. Um, anyway, Bosco um, with uh, Henry Winkler again, uh, basically, you know, he's talking to him saying, like, my feeling was right about you. Um, uh, no, sorry, he's talking to Yoko saying, my feeling was right about him, and then kind of questioning Yoko, thinking, like, you know, he's not going to go in there and sort of rag on my brother is he and you know I feel a bit worried that he's going to tell people about him and everything and kind of uh, Yokus is just like no he's not that stupid uh, we've got Sully storming out of the uh, the police station and Davis trying to stop him but he just ignores him uh, Davis goes up to Munro and he's kind of like hey I've got Casablanca and she's all like hey I said about this and he's like what we're doing it as friends you owe me $3.50 <laughs> and he's like I'm paying it to date <laughs> um, I love those sort of like I know there's like a, a Big Bang Theory episode where kind of that happens when Penny and Leonard go out as friends and kind of like Leonard's like hey you owe me half of this and that's true like you know I'm sorry if you're going out as friends you pay half like the guy doesn't have to pay yeah. that's, that's true um, we end again on NYC. I love the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, so do I. NYC weather report, we end with this great song as well. We've got Sully, sort of this montage. 
He's getting his LSAT results. Now, you do see them, but I don't know if you're meant to sort of see anything on there that says pass. Because, like, it's such a blink-and-you-miss moment. And plus, I guess the versions of this show that we have aren't exactly high definition. So I can't really see what it says on the piece of paper. Uh, we've got Munro on the couch with Davis. Yeah, that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I know what you feel like. Um, uh, Munro uh, on the couch with Davis, and uh, they're eating popcorn together, and she snuggles up to Davis. Oh, uh, Yokus is in the hospital, sitting with a little kid. She's obviously going to stay the night with uh, Rebecca. Fred is looking out the window, staring at his watch, and he's all angry and closes the window because, of course, he is because he's a jerk. And uh, then we've got uh, Bosco fingerprinting uh, Henry Winkler, taking all the mug shots. Um, and then we have him in this prison cell. You're making a big mistake, officer. And then we get this weird to be continued on the screen, which we don't need. A, this isn't a two-parter. No. Like, this is never billed as a two-parter, hence why we're not putting these out on the same day. And, like, just end on that. You don't need to put the words to be continued. Like, I think we get a few of them next year from memory. Um, it's just, like, you only do that on, like, two-parters that we've had. It's just this weird... If you're going to do that, make this In Plain View Part 1, then next week is In Plain View Part 2. Simple. But anyway, it's a random little complaint, but that's the end of the episode. Anything to yeah, add? It is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> do you have anything to add before we rate this episode, Mr. Stewart? No, I don't, Mr. Waterworth. Oh, I like it when you're all formal with me. Um, I am renting this episode. I don't think it warrants a buy. I don't think it warrants a bin. So it's a rent. Yep, I'm I'm renting it as well. I really I really wanted to give it a a low a low buy because of because of Henry Winkler and Kate Jackson, especially Kate Jackson. But I don't think she, even though she's believable, I don't think she really 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 shines through until the next episode. And plus, um, there was just too much else in the episode that was just there to where I was like, nah. I'm going to have to give it a rent. This is where you can uh, get there right now, Darvell, and just be like, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I couldn't buy. I'm for real. <laughs> Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, <laughs> I am for real. <laughs> I love the film clip of that song with the animals sort of bobbing their heads and singing along. Anyway, um... <laughs> I will say that uh, I have ranked all episodes to the end of this season, so there's 110 episodes I've ranked now. So I have this at currently number 100 out of 110. So this is the uh, fourth lowest buy that I've got. So um, there you go. Sort of, it seems like last week, this week, and I will say next week, kind of all fall around the same area to me. So um, yeah, there you go. Next week, speaking of next week, uh, we come back for uh, part two. 21 of season 5 part 21 episode 21 higher calling um it's written by our good friend scott williams um trying to say i believe this is the last episode that scotty writes so uh good for you scotty we loved you not really um but yeah plenty of stuff next week's episode i think next week is maybe one of the most starfield episodes we also ever get a third watch because we have henry Winkler, we have kate jackson we have cara bueno making her first appearance as grace foster and we have a, and I'm just going to quote what it says on the screen, special appearance by Gene Simmons. Uh, I love, I love, how do they classify these starring roles in shows? Like, does Gene Simmons come on board and be like, I want to be on this show, but I wanted to say special appearance by Gene Simmons. 
Like, what warrants a special appearance? <laughs> no idea. Uh, it's, it's but I will tell you, Gene Simmons definitely will be a welcome guest star. Willie! Well, for me anyway, you think he's cartoonish. Look, I always fluctuate in my opinion to Gene Simmons. He's so cartoonish. And can I just say that I've watched right to the end, and this is a rewatch where I'm not necessarily going to be shining on his ability as a person in this show. Like, uh, yeah, next week is going to be interesting. Uh, I think the week after is going to be more interesting. Anyway, closing in. Uh, not closing in. What am I doing? I'm, that's last season. Hang on a second. Hi, calling. Yeah, that's episode twenty. That's episode twenty-one of season four, Ben. I'm looking at the wrong page. Um, interestingly enough, though, higher calling, but. Both written by Scott Williams. So Scott Williams likes to write the uh, penultimate episodes of shows. So uh, there you go. Uh, next week, tune in. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, subscribe. All the relevant ones that you do uh, along the way. And we thank you, as always, for your support and tuning in because um, that's what I like to do at this point as well, is to thank you along the way. My name is Ben, and you owe me 350 <laughs> okay, I'll be sure to get that to you as soon as possible. My name's Darvell, and so that's a police-approved item, Boscarelli. Thanks for listening, peeps. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.